Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Wednesday, August 26th. We are in the second part of a three-part series in Genesis 38, a very strange chapter of the Bible. Um, It sort of comes out of nowhere, and it's almost like a self-contained story, especially looking up close. Um, Tomorrow we'll talk about some of the implications when you zoom out and you see this in the context of of the entirety of Scripture. Um, But today, what I want to do is I want us to see um, what's happening right here in the middle of Genesis 38. Yesterday, we talked about the idea that a part of spiritual awakening is when you realize that I'm no better than the people that I despise, that sort of level of humility and repentance, seeing your own sin as worse than someone else. You know, the way the Apostle Paul put it is, I am the chief of sinners, Um, seeing that your opponent's sin is not worse than yours like we um, typically like to think or your enemy's sin. Um, And this is coming out of the story of Judah and Tamar, which uh, if you're just picking up today. Go back to yesterday's podcast and um, I, where I summarize the story. But once again, I'm going to read the ending of this story of Judah and Tamar, and then um, hopefully uh, we'll pick up one of these verses and um, meditate and pray through it. Um, so here we go. This is Genesis 38, again, verse 27. When the time came for her, Tamar, to give birth, There were twins in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand, and the midwife took it and tied a scarlet thread around it, announcing, This one came out first. But then he pulled his hand back, and out came his brother. And she said, What a breakout or breakthrough you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. Then his brother, who had the scarlet thread tied to his hand, came out and was named Zerah. And that is the word of the Lord from Genesis 38. Um, Now, you remember that Tamar uh, dressed like a prostitute to um, set her father-in-law up, Judah, um, and Judah slept with Tamar, got her pregnant, and then Judah, being uh, very angry with Tamar and judgmental, sort of pointed out her sin. You're a prostitute. You became pregnant, and then she proved to everyone that it was actually Judah who um, had sex with her. And Judah's just had his moment um, in verse 26 where he says, um, you are more righteous than I am. And now there is this moment for Tamar. And let's think about Tamar for just a minute. Tamar is a, um, is a woman who married an evil husband who likely hurt her, uh, abused her. Um, then, as was custom... Um, married her brother-in-law, the next in line, Onan, and Onan sexually abused her. He did not give her children. He purposefully, um, uh, basically raped her, and Onan died. And then her father-in-law took his anger out on her um, by becoming self-protected and saying, I am not going to give you, uh, I'm not going to give you my my son who's next in line because you know, my, my sons keep dying. So here is Tamar, who in many, many ways is the victim, who has, uh, is the victim who has lashed out and has become uh, 
So her lashing out and sort of taking justice into her own hands was when she dressed up like a prostitute and uh, to trick her father-in-law. And Tamar, who has been trying to have children, um, this has been her salvation. And, and in, this, uh, in this time, in this era, your children were, they were children and you loved them, but they were also kind of your insurance policy. Um, they were the way that you were going to be taken care of in your old age. They were the ma- way that you kept your family line going and made a name for yourself and that you participated in society. And so for Tamar to have children, this is something that she had looked at um, her whole life as her salvation. And yet, because of the men that she married um, and the way that she was abused and hurt, she she never had the opportunity to have kids. And so, um, this terrible thing happens where she gets pregnant by her father-in-law. And then watch this. She gets twins in her womb. And these twins, um, the firstborn, of course, is it would always have been... Um, considered uh, the most important. Um, And so she has these babies, these twins, and one comes out, uh, one twin comes out, and she wants to be sure that she knows which one of these, which one of these babies is the most important, which one of these, which one of these babies is going to be um, her salvation. So she ties this red thread around this baby, but then uh, the baby takes the arm back in, and the one who she thought was going to be the younger turns out to be the older. He comes out first, and she calls him Perez, which means breakthrough. This, all of this, is a sign pointing to something that happens over and over and over and over in Scripture. What Tamar marked as her salvation, her firstborn, became a false savior. The first, the oldest, the best was a false savior. Instead, the hope of a real savior broke through in Perez. Despite her surety, like that, that the only way was God saving her through her firstborn. God flips the script and the younger actually becomes the older. Of course, you remember Jesus saying the first will be last and the last will be first. Um, uh, There is a theme that runs, especially all throughout the Old Testament, where uh, you remember David is the youngest, and yet he is the one that God chooses. Uh, Even with Jacob and Esau, Judah's father, Jacob, Jacob was the younger one and the weaker one, and yet God chose him. And all through Scripture, this will be a theme that salvation is going to come from an unexpected place. And often when we tie, literally in Tamar's um, situation here, when we tie our salvation to cultural saviors and we do not pay attention to what God is doing and the way God offers us salvation, we miss out. We not only miss out, but we sin because we take the culture's perception of salvation while we uh, end up pushing God to the side. Of course, this will be in the pattern of Jesus. Um, Jesus who was pushed to the side, Jesus who was ignored, Jesus who was crucified, but it was in that crucifixion that God was actually saving us as they looked for a stronger Messiah, a Messiah who fit their 
cultural understandings of what of what it was to be saved through power instead of saved through weakness. So what I want us to reflect on today and pray through is about the way that we see salvation. Do we look for God to work through the first and the best? Do we look for God to work in the charismatic speaker? Do we look for God to work mainly in um, the company CEO or the one who has the most money or influence or the one who is the most extroverted? Do we look for God to work mainly uh, in the person who has the most employees or the person who is in the highest government office? Or are we looking for God to work from the bottom up? The breakthrough, this is what we learned from Genesis 38, the breakthrough comes from the one that you least expect. And no doubt, Tamar, Tamar of all people is the one that you least expect. A shoved aside, abused widow. And you think, no way, no way is God going to do something in Tamar. And tomorrow we're going to look at the context of this in the larger scripture um, of how God uses Tamar. But for right now, let's be silent and pray in the direction of asking God to reveal to us, to reveal to us where we are looking to the cultural idea of salvation and blessing instead of looking in the unexpected places for it. Let's be silent as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are a people who are constantly tying the scarlet thread around the wrong wrist. We are constantly identifying saviors that do not save. We are constantly worshiping gods that do not hear us. Instead of paying attention to you, the God who descended, who became one of us, who was ostracized, marginalized, crucified, and yet resurrected to lead us into life, even those that crucified him. Heavenly Father, help us to have eyes to see where you are working. That is not through the popular. That is not through the most gifted. That is not through the person with the most resources. Give us a heart, Father, to listen for your work, the Spirit's still small voice working in the margins, And people like Tamar, those who have been abused and hurt and cast aside. I know you are there. And so, Father, give us eyes to see and eyes to follow you. And feet to follow you and ears to hear you. Thank you, Father, for the upside down kingdom where the last will be first and the first will be last. Thank you that there is hope for Tamar and that there is hope for Judah. There is hope for those who are oppressed and there is hope for the oppressor. There is hope for the abused and there is hope for the abuser. Because, Father, so many others are more righteous than we are. And so we need your grace. 
Show us your salvation today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.